Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Mark 2, 1 through 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered at that, that, sorry, many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat and the paralyzed man, or the mat that the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. Do you ever feel that way about God? You're like, oh, you know that? You know what I just thought? (laughs) Anyways, I'm just, that's me. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth for forgiveness of sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. This is the word of the Lord. I love that story. And what I want to talk to us about today is the most loving thing that we can do in a person's life is bring them to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much your presence. We just need you and your presence and your love. And we're just so thankful that we have that. Lord, I pray that you would minister to, encourage, speak to everybody listening that is here with us right now. And Lord, may we have just a love and a passion for you like these, these men did that brought their friends to you. Lord, give us the faith and a love and a passion that you can do anything, that nothing is too difficult for you. Give us a faith to believe, God, that you can and will meet the needs of the people in our life. And uh, Lord, we just also just want to ask one more thing. Lord, could you just please help the Mariners make the playoffs this year? (laughs) Amen. You can be seated. So today's a fun day. Where uh, we got English service right now. Next service, we're going to combine with Iglesia Agua and Desierto, and we're going to have a, a, a bilingual service. That'll, that'll be a, a, a lot of fun. And uh, we're kind of in this place where we're going back and forth here on, on Sunday mornings between love different and kingdom first. And so today's a love different. I want to talk about 
love again, the importance of you and I loving other people and that the greatest way we can show love in someone else's life is to bring them to Jesus. Now, what's interesting is about 80 to 90% of the people that live around us in our city are unchurched. That's a lot of people. So the question for us as believers is, what are we going to do about it? And does that matter to us? Listen to this. One-third of non-Christians said they would be interested in the Christian faith if Christianity had a better reputation. Do you catch the, the meaning of this? The thing that is holding people back from finding Jesus, from putting their faith in Jesus, is us. It's our reputation, how we live our life. One-third of non-Christians say, I, I, I would be if, and it's our reputation. And that's got to cause us to, to say, okay, Lord, help us. Please, Lord, help us. And, you know, some of this stems from, you know, as believers, we get passionate about Jesus. We get passionate about the truth. And in the name of, you know, what's right and what's wrong and truth, we can just be at odds with people who believe and think differently. In fact, we can go to war with them, and it could cause lots of friction and tension, and we aren't doing as well at loving them, but we're doing really good at telling them what they aren't doing, what they should be doing. And in fact, about 10 years ago, we realized as, as a church in America that people know us more about what we're against than what we're for. And that's part of the reputation thing. So we got to understand that this is where we're at as a church, in our culture right now, so that we can uh, do better, so that we can grow in this. And so we just got to understand what reality is so that we can confront reality and hopefully by God's grace, but with his help, we can, we can change the reputation because Jesus said we would be known by something else. Jesus said, John 13, that you and I would be known by love. That would be our reputation. But unfortunately, we've raised the banner of truth higher than the banner of love. Now, truth is important. We want to live by truth, right? We want to stand in truth. We want to guard truth. I want truth to guide me. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. And he declared, I am truth. So we want to point people to Jesus and point people to truth. But, but God's word is so clear that we want to make sure we elevate that banner of love higher. We've got to do you know, truth and love. Have you heard that phrase before? Truth in love. And so as we talk about loving different today, we, we really want our ability to love how we love people to stand out far and above other people and how they love people. And I think the most loving thing we can do in a person's life is bring them to Jesus. What's interesting is the millennial generation, they have this dichotomy of beliefs. So this is, you know, that younger generation that's taking leadership within the, the church and the world. And they believe that the greatest thing that anyone could ever experience is a relationship with God. But they believe it's wrong to share your faith. And how do you explain that? Isn't that interesting? Because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to offend them. If they already have beliefs in faith, that's great. I respect that. And so then we feel, they, they feel, most of them feel like it's wrong to share your faith. That's fascinating, isn't it? Yet, the greatest thing that you could experience is a relationship with Jesus and so there's this tension there. And I pray, and there's so many ways we could show love to people, right? So many ways. So we can serve and love people, but the greatest way is to bring them to Jesus. And I just pray that that would be something that's just deep in our hearts. Like, I, 
have people in my lives, in my, we have people in our lives, family, friends that need Jesus. Lord, how can you use me to be like these guys in this story here? I just love this. They had this friend who's paralyzed, and they're like, hey, let's take him to Jesus. And so they carry their friend on a mat. They show up. The house is packed. There's people outside the house. They can't get in. So what do they do? They go up on the roof, and they blow a hole through the roof and lower their friend through the roof to Jesus so that they, this, this guy can have an encounter with Jesus. And that one encounter changed his life. And so I want us to look at the story here because I think there's some things we can learn from these guys here. And so I got a few lessons we can learn from the four guys that brought their friend to Jesus. Number one, it's obvious that they were deeply concerned about their friend. Pretty safe to say. So much so that they went to great lengths to make sure they could get their friend in front of Jesus. They didn't just think about themselves. They didn't just think, oh, we, we hear Jesus is in town because everybody heard Jesus was in town. They didn't just think, I want to go listen to Jesus. I want to grow. I want to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do to grow, and, and I want to be there. But they're thinking about somebody else. I want to take somebody with me so that they also can hear Jesus, encounter Jesus. They were concerned about their friend. Number two, they actually had faith that Jesus could and would meet their friend's need. You can see the faith that they have. It's a faith that caused them to not stop when they get to the house, and it's packed. It's a faith that caused them to not just pray about it, which obviously it's good to pray, right? We want to be men and women of prayer. Pray, 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 pray. God moves through prayer. But sometimes we got to put a little feet to our prayer. Sometimes we got to do a little something. Okay, let's respond to this, okay? And God speaks to us. Okay, i got to do this. i got to have action, okay? So their faith was so strong, they went through great links to bring their friend to Jesus. The third thing we see is that they work together in unity. So they show up at the house, it's packed, they can't get in, people are all around, and I'm sure they had some sort of conversation. Okay, now what? Didn't expect this. Probably trying to discuss, okay, what should we do? You know, should we just force our way through? Because, man, we are here on a mission. We are bringing our friend to Jesus. He needs to be healed by Jesus. Anyone bring a sword? Let's come on, let's just fight our way, let's push our people out, let's force our way in. Somebody had to, at one moment, bring up the idea, I know, let's go up on the roof and let's dig a hole through the roof and lower our friend through. And so they, apparently they all agreed to this because they did it. They got up on the roof, they started digging a hole. I mean, imagine if that was going on right now. I mean, it would cause quite a scene, quite a ruckus, right? And so these guys had the faith that they went through great links to make sure they could get their friend to Jesus and they worked together in unity it took all of them to do this because then they had to lower him through the roof down in front of Jesus, right? Okay, so fourth thing I see in this is they dared to do something different. And that's, this was very creative. I give props to the creativity of this. I think it's safe to say it probably never been done before. Digging a hole through a roof and lowering him in front of, uh, of Jesus, but they dared to do something different different. I love that. I just love the creativity of these guys. And the last thing I, I see is that they didn't make excuses. They showed up. It's crowded. All these people. They could have said, well, we tried. We gave it our best. Sorry, buddy. You know, it's, it's just not your time. It's not your day. This is, you know, it's this is all these people, you know. Uh, you know, they, they, they could have easily done that. And excuses are easy to make, aren't they? 
Have you found that to be true? Huh. They're so, they're so easy. Excuses make sure that, that your life is the same as it was yesterday. Did you know that? I read this recently. Listen, listen to this. This is awesome. No one is impressed with how good your excuses are. And so we can just kind of receive that all for ourselves, right? That in love, right? Okay. In love, in love. But, just, but they didn't make excuses. They had what I love to call a WIT attitude. WIT, whatever it takes. We are here to get our friend to Jesus. So how it was going to happen is not happening, but we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure our friend gets to Jesus. I love that. It's it's an attitude that says, I'm not going to give up. They had this whatever it takes attitude that says, we're not quitting. We're going to figure this out. We're going to problem solve. There's got to be a way. Our friend needs Jesus. They had what I like to call grit. They had this grit that's like, I'm not going to quit. And it's good to have a little grit inside of us. It's like, okay, life's hard, but I'm not giving up. And that's the attitude that these guys have. So I just, I love this attitude. And so these guys lower their buddy through the roof. And there he is in front of Jesus. And I recently watched this scene on The Chosen. Has anybody watched The Chosen, that miniseries? It's phenomenal. I highly recommend The Chosen. It's, you can download it on, as an app. You can find it online on your laptop, your computer. You can watch it. It is a phenomenal miniseries. And so they had this scene in one of the episodes of the digging through the roof and all that kind of stuff, and it's, it's great. And so did you notice what Jesus said, though? The first thing that he said to that man as this guy's being lowered through the roof in front of him, he looks at him and he says, son, your sins are forgiven. That's an interesting first statement to a guy who is obviously paralyzed and there for a different reason. Son, your, friend, your sins are forgiven. And instantly the Pharisees and the religious leaders got mad. They, they're, they're upset. And they don't say it, but they think it. And it's great. Jesus knows their thoughts. In fact, let's, let's look at this here. I'm just going to read those two verses again. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And so Jesus is declaring something very important in that moment right there. He's really declaring, I am God. I am God in the flesh. I have come to do this. And so the teachers, the religious leaders, they're they're recognizing like only God can forgive sins. And so they think he's blaspheming. He can't do this. He's just a man. They never say anything, but they only think it. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, says, hey, what's, what's harder to do? to say your sins are forgiven or to heal. And so he says, hey, hey, son, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he does. And the man is healed. But what I love about this interaction is Jesus shows us his primary concern for our life. His primary concern for us is what's going on on the inside. That's what he speaks to first. This man obviously needs a physical healing on the outside, but Jesus knows this man has a greater need. This, this man has a need on the inside. It's a spiritual need. Yeah, he's physically paralyzed, but actually, more importantly, he's paralyzed in his spirit, and that's what Jesus speaks to. 
Hey, your sins are forgiven. Before this man ever experiences a physical healing, he experiences the greatest miracle he could ever experience. And that is the forgiveness of sins, the changed heart, a changed life from the inside out. And I love that God does that. And, you know, as, as people, we get caught up on the outward appearance, right? 1 Samuel 16 speaks of this. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And this is a prime example right here where we're caught up on the outward and this man obviously needs a physical touch. You can see that outwardly, but Jesus is showing us there's something more important. And I'm going to speak to that because he sees our heart. God knows everything about you and what you're going through. He knows your worries, your concerns, your fears. He knows your struggles. He knows your hurts. He knows your dreams. He knows your desires. He knows your future. He knows all of those things about you. He sees your heart. And he wants to speak to that place in your life first because he wants to see us changed and transformed from the inside out. That is his primary concern. How's your heart? How's your soul? Because God wants to bring healing to that. And that is the primary reason why we want to do groups and get people in groups so that we can grow as followers of Jesus and allow him to do a work on the inside. It's amazing how we're caught up on all the outward things, all these other responsibilities in our life. We get so busy that we neglect the inside of us, don't we? We can get so busy in life that we don't take care of our soul and our heart. And, and this story just reminds us Jesus is deeply concerned, in fact, primarily concerned about how you're doing on the inside. And so make sure you make that a priority in your life. Make sure you keep growing spiritually. Take care of yourself and let God help you with that. Maybe you've never experienced the forgiveness of sins that Jesus offers. Maybe you've never allowed him to begin changing you from the inside out. And I just encourage you today to say yes to Jesus. Ask, for him, ask him to forgive you of your sins. Let him change your life. Hey, that physical miracle was awesome. This dude stood up and walked and went home. That's, that's pretty cool, right? But what's greater is that this man's life was changed from the inside out. And maybe you need to say yes to Jesus today and let him begin to change you from the inside out and experience the greatest miracle you could ever experience. We're going to pray in a few moments. And I'm going to take some time to pray for those of you that want to say yes to Jesus, but also for those of you that maybe need a physical healing. Because we believe God still heals people. I, I heard two stories this week of people in our church that received physical healing, maybe even three of, of people who were healed physically in our church recently. I want to share those stories in, in the coming weeks. Uh, but God still heals people physically. I just love that about God. So we want to take some time. We want to pray for that uh, today. But I want to just take a few more moments and look at these, these five things we learned from these guys and apply it to us as believers today. And apply it to us as a church. Because this is a picture of, I think, the church that God wants us to be. The church that we long to be. And I love this story. I said that in the beginning. I just love this story because that's what I see in this story, a picture of the church. And this is a story that we will come back to. It's like every other year we'll come back to this story because I think it is that clear and that important for us as his people. So let's look at this, okay? Remember, this is what we're talking about today. The most loving thing we can do in a person's life is bring them to Jesus. That's the most loving thing we can do. 
So, those, those guys were deeply concerned about their friend, right? I pray that we would be a church that is deeply concerned about the world around them. Lord, let that be in our hearts. For so many of us, we know this, we know this, but I, don't, I pray that it wouldn't be like an, an ought to, a have to, but it would be like, I got a passion, I got a burning to see other people find Jesus. It's easy for us to get, go through the motions in life and even in church. We can go through the motions in church and just kind of keep doing the same old, same old, same old. And it's a bummer when we get in the motions and we, we get into this place where we're just kind of busy and we're, we're, we're focused and we kind of ne- just lose sight of there's people in my life that need Jesus. I think that the moment a church loses its concern for lost people, spiritually lost people, the moment the church loses that concern is the moment that church begins to die. So I pray that you and I would be deeply concerned, that we'd be a church that's deeply concerned about the world around us. Hey, remember I said in the beginning, 80 to 90% of the people in this city are like unchurched? Man, what is, is, does that matter to us? I hope in our hearts it does, and, and not just in a moment but it really reflects in our life. Number two, uh, we want to be a church that has the faith that Jesus can and will meet the needs of our world. Amen? With me here this morning? A church that has the faith that Jesus can and will meet the needs of our world. Well, I believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. I believe it so much that we put it on the wall, on the other side of this wall out there. This lovely mural that Pastor John Mark and team put together. Thousands of people every day drive by our property on Bell Road, and they see that, that, that statement, Jesus, hope for humanity. I love that we can declare that to the world as people drive by. More than just like, here's our church name, Jesus, hope for humanity. And I pray that we would have the faith that's so strong that we believe, yeah, he is the hope. He's my hope. And he's a hope for my friends and for the world around me. Remember, those guys, they didn't just pray about Jesus meeting their friends' need. They actually put feet to their prayers, right? And so I pray that we would put feet to our prayers, that we would have a faith that causes us to pray and a faith that causes us to move, to, to take action. Because praying is great. Sometimes we just have a little feet to our prayers. Man, I got, I got faith that we will continue to see God heal people physically in this church and in your life. I have faith that we're going to see radical salvations. People far from God come to a faith and, and our, their life is changed by Jesus. I got that faith. Do you? I got faith that God is going to restore families, going to restore marriages. I got faith that God's going to use our church, this congregation, Spanish and English, to make a difference in our community. I have faith that you can be the man or the woman of the God that he has called you to be. I got that faith for you. And so I just pray that faith would rise up. And that's one of my big prayers for us today is that God would stir up faith, greater faith in us. Jesus is the hope of the world. Let's have that faith so much so that it causes us to, to take action and not just get excited about it on a Sunday morning. Like, hey, man, Tyrone. That's right. Come on. But tomorrow I got faith. Jesus is hope. And I want to bring people to Jesus. Number three, a church that works together in unity. Because that's what those guys did, right? They worked together. They went up on the roof. They busted a hole through the roof. Okay, so they worked together in unity. And friends, I believe there's no greater mission than that of the local church. No greater mission that you and I can be a part of. 
than bringing the hope of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus to the world. I think that the church is the hope of the world because we have the message of Jesus, who is the hope of the world. And so the church brings hope. And I just pray that we would work together in unity on this mission that he has given us to bring hope, to be hope bringers, to be hope dealers, as we talked about once, right? And work together in unity. You know, there's power in unity. And the devil wants nothing more than to cause division within the church. And for the last several years, we could say, you know, too many years, the devil's been having a heyday bringing division into the church. Listen, if he can't get you and I and other believers away from going to heaven, what he can do is cause division in the church and render the church ineffective. And therefore, we're not making a difference in people's lives in our community. And so we've got to be unified unified in love, working together with this mission that Jesus has given us. We do not have to agree on everything, but we can agree that Jesus is the hope of the world. And let's work together and let's bring people to Jesus. Amen? Hmm. You know, at the end of Jesus' ministry, he prayed for unity. So you kind of notice like it's a big deal for Jesus. Hey, the night before he went to the cross for you and me, he said, Jesus, make, he said, Father, make them one as you and I are one. He said, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. This is the prayer that Jesus has for you and I. The Bible talks about how he is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding right now. I believe he's still praying this for you and I. He is praying this for the church. God, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that I'm real, that I'm alive, that I am hope. I believe he's praying that for us right now. This is a big deal for him. So Lord, unify our hearts. Unify us. Number four, a church that dares to do something different. I just love the different in this story here. That's why we like trying new things around here. One of our mottos is, everything's an experiment. So we're going to try this. Hey, let's do Freedom Conference at the beginning instead of the end of the fall. Let's invite everybody in every group to come, and then we can just go to our different groups, and we've never done it that way before. Uh, it sounds good to us and the Holy Spirit right now. We'll see how it goes. It might be the most awesome thing. Here's what I do know. When we did Freedom Course and Conference last year for the first time, the only regret I had is we didn't, I had, was that we, <laughs> sorry. Talking like I, where I came from my roots in this Lewis County, where I seen a deer the other day. I go down. The only regret I had last year was that we didn't do Freedom Course and Conference sooner. That was the only regret I had. Okay, so uh, whichever order we do it in, it's going to be good. That's what we do know, right? And so just doing things different. I remember two and a half years ago, we had this deep desire to take our egg hunt. We do an Easter egg hunt for our people, and we try, okay, let's get people to come and, and do an egg hunt for everybody. We thought, what if we went, took that to the community and did it as a service to the Palomino community? Oh, that sounds good. It sounded great to us. And then we found out that the city of Phoenix has not allowed any event in that Palomino Park for about 10 years. And no one even knew how long it had been. It had been so long. There had been so many changes within the city offices 
that had just been so, they were not allowing any public events, but by God's grace and favor, he opened the door for us to be the first organization to have an event in Palomino Park. And then they said, you better do it good because this is make or break it for any other organizations in the future. (laughs) It went great, thankfully. And there's been other events in that park. Pandemic hasn't allowed any events, obviously. But there's more events being planned that I hear about because God used us to take an egg hunt into a park And what's amazing, and I share this because I've talked about this several times over the last couple of weeks. It's been just kind of a fun way for us to remember how God birthed Iglesia Aguana de Cierta out of this church. Because we talked about how, like, we want to serve them, but then what? And somebody within our leadership team just said, what if we started a, a small group or a ministry or a church? And it was like the Holy Spirit fell in that room and like, yes, this is what we're doing. And it was all just because we tried. Let's do something different this year. Let's take the egg hunt from here to over there. And you just never know how God's going to use all of those things. We just want to be open to try new things. I just love those guys dared to do something different. And then it was very creative. But I don't want to get stuck doing the same old, same old, usual. Like God speak to us. God is the most creative being in the universe. And if you don't believe that, just look around the room right now. Look how creative God is, right? Okay, look at the platypus. Look how creative God is. Like, he is so creative. He created all this kind of stuff. We want to be creative thing, do creative things and say, God, help us be creative in how we live and how we love and in how we lead. That's, that's our prayer. So we want to do something different, right? So there's a phrase that I heard years ago that I really believe, opposition creates innovation, And even right now in the season, we're experiencing some opposition to how we live our life. It's creating innovation. We're trying new things, doing new things, and that's a good thing. The last thing is this, is let's be a church that doesn't make excuses. No excuses. There's a lot of excuses we could make. They're easy to make, again, right? But here's what I know. Hell is hot and forever is a long time. And it's worth it to do the most loving thing we could ever do in a person's life, and that is bring them to Jesus. That's why I love this story. It is a picture of the church, of you and I being people who just are not concerned about ourselves and us growing in Jesus and us hearing about Jesus and and, and learning things, but it's other people as well. These guys said, we want to see Jesus, but we're going to take someone else as well. What a beautiful picture of the church. And I pray that we would be a church like this, deeply concerned about the world around them, a church that has the faith that Jesus can and will meet the needs of the world, a church that works together in unity, a church that dares to do something different, and a church that doesn't make excuses. Let's bring people to Jesus. Would you stand to your feet? And we're going to pray about this here. This is a recurring theme for us this year because I believe God's just speaking something to us regarding this. And we've got a bunch of names on the wall back there of people we believe are gonna find Jesus, that we're saying, God, use us to bring them to you. And and this is the primary mission of the church and really of, of our life. Honestly, 
as we are involved in different careers and jobs and those all great as they serve people and make our community and society better. It's amazing, but man, the greatest thing we can do is impact someone's eternity. And so it's just, again, we just gotta keep this at the forefront of, our, of not just our mind, but our hearts. Who is it that's in your life that you just would love to see changed by the power of Jesus? Who is that? Friend, that family member? Who is that? If their name's not on that wall, feel free to go write them down on that wall. We can pray for them. But let's just take some time today and let's pray, God, who you, who you call me to, to bring to you? There's so many ways we can do that. Maybe it's just conversation in life, bringing up your faith. Maybe it's bringing them to a group that we're starting this fall. They may not be interested ever in coming here on a Sunday morning, but they might go to a group with you, which happens a lot. Or maybe it is bringing them here on, on a Sunday morning if they're open to that. But God, who you call me? Who am I bringing to you? Because that's the most loving thing I can do for anybody is bring them to you. And all it takes is one encounter for Jesus to change your life, but we leave it in his hands. We just do our part. We trust him, right? Would you close your eyes? Just take a moment. Lord, who are you speaking to me? Who is that? Who am I bringing to you? Who needs hope? I just wanted to say thank you first and foremost that you care about us (laughs) that you're not just concerned with how we look what we do in life the outward appearance but you're really concerned about how we're really doing (laughs) so many of us God we're we're struggling if we're honest we're stressed we're worried we're discouraged Lord I, I, I just thank you God that you care about that and you want to speak to us and meet us in that place and so Lord I pray that you do that today that you just breathe life and hope and encouragement and faith right there faith God would you stir up greater faith in us right now we give you permission to do that a greater faith in you and who you are a greater faith Know that you can and will meet our needs. You want to, and you can meet the needs of the people around us. A faith that believes for you to do the impossible no matter what. Even if we haven't seen it in a long time, that faith that doesn't give up, doesn't quit. Lord, stir up a strong faith in you, I pray in Jesus' name. A faith. Mm. Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.